How do you do it? Guess things. I don't guess. I observe. And once I've observed, I deduce. Wait, wait, wait. You assault our perp with an orange, and that somehow has you convinced he's innocent? Guys like him, they walk between the Hello, my dears, and welcome to Elementary, my dears, a podcast about the CBS show Elementary. I'm your host, George, and with me is my co-host, Allison. Hello. Our guest today is actor and stand-up comedian, well, stand-up comic, in the notes, it says stand-up comic, so I I won't improvise. Yeah, (laughs) is there? Sorry, Amanda Cohen, is there a difference between comic and comedian? Uh, It depends on you ask. Uh, One of them is supposed to be somebody who writes funny things and says funny things. The other is supposed to be someone who just says things funny. And I don't remember which is which. I think oh. I think a comedian is someone who just says things funny and is a funny person. But a comic is someone who writes funny things. And I could have that backwards. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Well, if, uh, if someone out there knows, um, feel free to add us and let us know. Please send your cards and letters and correct me. Exactly. <laughs> to everyone. Uh, yeah, you could catch her on Sundays at Flappers in L.A. or maybe on tour in your city at some point. So keep an eye out for her. There you go. Yeah, we'll put um, your website in our show notes. So um, with awesome. any listeners who might want to check can find your dates. When is this going to air? I can plug some shows. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, well, probably it's going to air not- sooner than we want it to. Uh, <laughs> We're like, we have a burned out. through a bunch of our, yeah. But, yeah, probably well, about a month from now. <laughs> Okay, then uh, just go to my website and see what it says. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, George is starting to get a little antsy about how few shows we have in the in the can right now. One, we have one. Gotcha. Yeah, we have one. Well, I'm I'm, this one. uh, Also, I would like to go on record that like no shade being thrown, but this was definitely the longest planning execution (laughs) phase of any show that we have tried to produce so far. I apologize. This one just got out of hand. Well, because you're busy, you're doing cool and fun stuff. I mean, yeah, well, I'm doing it's been about stuff. Two, well, not just Amanda. <laughs> like it's been it's been a group effort to make this the longest planning session on record, for sure. But yeah, um, about almost like three weeks or so from like, hey, do you want to be on the show to actually being on the show? Yeah, it's been so. kind of crazy, but hey, what can I say? I'm in demand. You are. Yeah. You are. So, had you ever seen this show before? Had you ever seen Elementary? I have not seen this show before, but I'm a fan of procedurals, and I'm a fan of the of uh, Sherlock. Mm-hmm. So seems right in your wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a fan of this show. Yeah, you know? <laughs> on paper. On yeah. paper, I'm a fan of this show, uh, but I had not actually seen this series. So, in addition to the episode I was assigned, I watched the pilot so I could get an idea nice. of where we were coming from. Um, and uh, I did not even know when I tuned it in that that Sherlock was actually played by um, a British type person because I knew all I knew it was that it was an American series and I had this horror that Sherlock <laughs> Holmes might not be British. They the would horror. never let that happen. Uh, they that, would never let that happen. That couldn't be. That just that have to be. That no, that'd be mandatory. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that violates international. Tra- laws so um oh, for i sure. even yeah, think I was very happy um, to find it, out he was english 
I even think of that god awful animated show they did about twenty, uh, like Sherlock in the twenty third century or whatever. Even that version was <laughs> like when he was frozen. Like, he was uh, he was on ice and then frozen to fight Moriarty again. Who was like a cyborg. Um, even that version was British. I'm Amanda has so glad seen this, I missed that one. Yeah, I, it, trust me, it was a one-off thing we talked about. It does exist on YouTube. If you haven't watched it, go and just do just to see, but also don't. Yeah. Well, I I do have favorites in the uh, the Sherlock universe. Um, I love Who are those? Uh, the movie The Hound of Baskervilles because I love Tom Baker. I'm a Doctor mm-hmm. Who fan. I haven't seen that. Yeah. And in fact, when I confirmed that the uh, lead actor here was British, the first thing I did was look up which Doctor Who episode he was on. Because <laughs> every... I don't think Johnny Lee Miller's been on one, though. Oh, he has. As a child. It was his first <gasps> Oh, okay. That's oh what it gosh. was. I'm like, all right, all right. Every, every actor in Britain has been on Doctor Who at least once. It's the law. It's once. like being on Law & Order if you live in New York. It's like jury duty. Oh. Yeah. Eventually, you'll be called... And be cast on Law and Order. It's just how it's it like, works. oh yeah, I was the guy who was throwing boxes and told him, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Exactly. Like, um, but you were still on Law and Order. Yeah, everybody has has done it. Um, my dream, of course, was to be a dead body, but that never yeah. happened. <laughs> um, but uh, my and I and I love the Benedict Cumberbatch series. I absolutely adore that because I also love Martin Freeman. He's amazing. Yeah. But my very favorite Sherlock Holmes uh, version was House. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's basically Sherlock yeah. Holmes, but with, like, diseases. It was, no, it was literally, that's why they named him House, because he's not as personal as a home. He's House. Oh. <gasps> and his and, and his associate was Wilson, rather than Watson. Watson. And Wilson married Amber. Amber died, and it was partly because of House. Oh. Boom! Did I just blow y'all's minds? actually yes like i knew that that house was in the vein he was like clearly cut from the cloth of sherlock holmes but i didn't know it was intentional i thought it was just the hey let's get a british guy who knows about diseases to solve stuff well that's the other thing he wasn't british on the series but that's 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 right but played by a brit he was played by hugh laurie who would meet hugh laurie's always british to me in my head i can't make him not be even if he's not doesn't have an accent Well, and Amanda, there's an episode that we've already done. It's in the first half of the first season with um, Lisa Edelstein. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know she was on an episode. How lovely. Yeah, she's probably like six episodes ago. That was a good one, too. No, it wasn't. (laughs) Oh, wait. Was that one you didn't like? That was one I really... I love her, and I love some of the aspects of it, but I thought that was just a garbage plot. (laughs) George, he always comes with the opinions, and I'm like, well, I liked it. (laughs) I come a little hotter on some of these. That was one of them, for sure. All right, then. Um, Today, we're doing Season 1, Episode 16, Details, written by Robert Doherty. (laughs) Details. Uh, Jeffrey Paul King and Jason Tracy. Directed by Sanaa Hamri. Do you want to do the teaser or should I, George? I mean, I mean, I'll do it because it would definitely open up with your favorite thing, which is a dark, <laughs> a dark house with like pending violence to an innocent woman. Home invasions are the scariest. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's Allison's uh, bread and butter. Ugh. But and I'm like, oh, what's going on there? And then uh, we, we get a, a masked individual 
asking for information but at that point i was like oh wait no one can do an american accent that poorly that's (laughs) absolutely sherlock this is a thing this is exactly what i thought i'm like there is no way this is that thing where the guy tries to yeah well this is one of our favorite things to pick up on the show like him doing american accents (laughs) <laughs> they're uh, they're always all over the place like geographically and they're always uh, equally terrible oh, he doesn't well, just do an accent he does a character <laughs> that's like when i do a british accent i it's like it's all over i mean i know there's regionalisms and i can do a little bit of it but mostly if anyone heard my british accent they go what part of britain are you trying to do because you're everywhere it's well, that just means that you can play British in the United States. <laughs> yeah, no one will know. I, I could definitely play British in the United States. I could never pull it off in Britain. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was pretty good. I like the fact that Allison's notes do not have quotation marks around very convincing American <laughs> accents. That's what I like. <laughs> the, the scare quotes were implied. Oh, man. Yeah. No, it should this be in is, italics. I also love watching. I don't think you can see it in this scene, but whenever he does an American accent, he always adopts a posture. Like his whole body language changes. Just like he needs to like use this. his whole body to do the accent. You tell us where Holmes is. <laughs> Where's Holmes? That's an excellent impression of a bad American accent done by a British person. That was. Really I'm just nice. copying him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so he's freaking her out. He uh, she like goes for her pepper spray. Although I don't know how he got her pepper spray out of her purse when she just walked in the door. Oh, but clearly apparently... he took it before she left the house. Having Must already have, because this, this this is a long burn plan. Yeah, and he like sprays on the floor. Which don't do that. Don't do that. I was in high school one time, and someone decided to be funny and spray their pepper spray in the hall. Oh, and no. for the entire day, anytime he got near that portion, it was it was like just. You couldn't talk. You couldn't breathe. You couldn't let your eyes watered. Like even oh. in like a, a very like nonchalant like that shit on the carpet. That that room is inhab- uninhabitable for a week. Oh yeah. no! So yeah. Oh wow. It's so bad. So and, and I can't imagine actively that. being pepper sprayed. He would have known that. He should he, have. He knows everything about everything. He would have known. Like he could have. He should be able to go into a room and go. Pepper spray was used here within the past week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, that would what be an brand assault. It was. And what <laughs> Yes. Whether or not it was mace or pepper spray. Mm-hmm. What, the, that, what is the difference between mace and pepper spray? One is legal in the United States and one is not. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, only police can have proper mace, but uh, c- civilians can carry pepper spray. Oh, that's interesting. Also, one is much better on a salad. <laughs> Just pops it. Brightens it right up. <laughs> Little spritz. Yep. Although I have heard that um, a legal and safer version is hairspray. Hmm. Spray in their eyes. Well, like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. No one likes to get hairspray in their eyes. Exactly. And so, it, like, basically, it immobilizes the attacker, and it like it makes this sort of like goo. Their eyes overreact oh. and produce like this goo oh. that like makes them unable. Like, basically, they can't see. But it doesn't hurt them, so they can't like later go back and say like, "Oh, they assaulted me," and like sue you for like civil damages <laughs> if you use hairspray. I think so. It was like uses... apparently a police officer was like recommending alternatives, and like just like a little portable hairspray is like you can get them anywhere. They're super cheap, and they're just as effective, if not more so, than mace or pepper spray. Hmm. I I would use um, the spray on sunscreen. 
Mm. Whoa. Yeah, that SPF is the kind of thing will make a film that will. And um, and it smells horrible. I don't know why. But, I mean, hairspray, at least <laughs> they make an effort. But spray-on yeah. sunscreen is heinous. And you, and then later you can just say you're trying to help them out. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm worried about sun protection is very sunny important. Out and, you know, you yeah. looked red, so. <laughs> So she goes to a spray. He has the spray. She turns to run. She he trips. She trips over a tripwire, which you know, obviously you're like, okay, all right, this is a, this is a very big elaborate plan. And then uh, oh, we find out he was just testing her uh, when um, she. she uh, I met, how did she just, did he say like no, that's a terrible answer or something like that? How did he reveal that it was him? Because it wasn't like oh, that's right. She he said something that made it clear. Now I don't even remember. Yeah. So he outs himself and she's real mad at him, of course, because he scared the shit out of her. And um, then didn't she then she hits him and he goes like, oh, now you now you assault me. Great. And so so all this is to say that he's like he's very upset about the uh, the situation she was in last episode where she was held at gunpoint with his old drug dealer. And uh, he's basically like, you need to learn how to defend yourself. And so I'm going to start doing these things and i'm gonna start like surprising you with uh with tennis balls and like various like attacks <laughs> on your person in order to, to to heighten your awareness and reflexes yeah she recognizes she... him yeah and and then <laughs> she's and then like he's so pissed it's him she hits him and he's like yeah. oh now you hit me sure yeah <laughs> yeah and i think it's funny that in his mind this is how you get someone to like this is how you convince someone they need to protect themselves. This by like adding trauma upon trauma. Let's re-traumatize this person who was just because like I think they allude to it, but I mean in the previous episode there was a whole thing where Watson gets tied up and uh, held at gunpoint, and then the, you know they make an escape, and she hits a guy on the head with a, a bust. Angus. <laughs> Angus, the phrenology bust. And, uh, well, I guess she wasn't, we find out later she's not as traumatized as we would have expected. Yeah. But, or she's not admitting it yet. But, yeah, yeah his whole thing is like, I'm going to get you all so trained up. Even yeah. to the point where I'm going to, I, I have reached out to multiple martial arts experts in the city, and they're going to start working with you to teach you, like, various forms of martial arts. And I'm like, well, it's Lucy Liu. She already knows. It's, that's it's the okay. thing. That's what I'm my first thought. Like, it's Lucy Liu. That's a joke, right? <laughs> that actually would be nice. Did not she's like, I already know. I already know quite a bit. Um, I'm quite adept with the samurai sword. Um, <laughs> yeah. So she's she's not having it, and he's like, uh, he gets a little nice little closing line. He's like, until then, I'm just gonna keep doing this. So, and then she huffs off and he goes like, "You've been warned." And I like I like that little uh, side moment. So then we cut to Belle in a very awful Ford Taurus, um, just talking to Gregson on the phone. And you already know, like, oh, this is a teaser. We're going to be violence against Belle. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> someone gets up behind him, honking their horn, pull up next to him, which I get it. Like, someone's being a jerk. You kind of let them pass. But if they pull up right next to you and then they start shooting at you. Hit the brakes. Hit the brakes. <laughs> what are you? You didn't mean this accelerating and like trying to drive. No, don't drive with bullets. Stop. Well, that's <laughs> like when, when there's a dangerous rolling object and people run directly away from it. 
run to the side. You'll be yeah, fine. Yeah. Indiana Jones. <clears throat> yeah, it always it makes for cave. <laughs> I mean, he could have ducked under, right? Although then he would have been sealed in the cave forever. So that would have been, you know. I was thinking it's more along the lines of Prometheus. In Prometheus, oh, they're yeah. rolling from a ring-shaped ship, or running from a ring-shaped ship that's rolling toward them, and they're it's like just <laughs> literally. It looks cooler. <laughs> But yeah, you don't zigzag. want to get me started on Prometheus, but that's just one oh, of the we, things that we don't want to get you started on Prometheus. We don't want anyone started on Prometheus. I think I have a rant about Prometheus oh, too. Is we that the one where she, she <laughs> is that the one where she's like running and doing all this aerobic activity where, where she basically just had a C-section? Well, they, well yeah. that's another thing. She's also running <laughs> after us. Well, it was and the special C-section robot. It probably like it probably like sealed her up with like magic sealing uterus goo. No, she did it herself. <laughs> but she got in this. She got in the fixie bot. She did it herself, but she got into the fixie the machine fixie and like bot. it like sewed her all up. Yeah, but if, if you ever had any abdominal surgery, you are. You I are out I had of a hernia You're fixed out. in my twenties, and I, I know what it's like to sit there and go like, <laughs> "Wow, I can't move, yes, but or this... talk, or think loud or enough, cough, let, yeah. let alone cough or sneeze." Mm -hmm. Oh no, that sounds awful for yeah. like weeks. Oh yeah, it's it's terrible. So I can't imagine she's out there like heavy lifting and fighting aliens and stuff afterwards. Well, but right, but consider that, that magical she fixie didn't bot have a baby or a, or a scalpel C section. She was it was an alien which means it went <laughs> yeah like who knows what it that's did in not there. a neat incision when an alien baby bursts out of your t your stomach i don't know if you've seen alien but it you don't walk put, away from that put some spackle on that thing i don't know <laughs> super glue it's like Feel, this seal was it up. written by a man <laughs> <laughs> this is fine right So like so tune to our next podcast all the problems with prometheus oh my god i could do two hours <laughs> easily just a minute by minute breakdown of what the fuck can i just give my worst thing about prometheus oh of yeah. course it has Let's to do it. with the rolling spaceship is that before the spaceship rolls they drop something in it a head they drop a head in the spaceship they're in the spaceship and then they run out of the spaceship it takes off it crashes it rolls it, you know, I guess, you know, quarters to a halt, ding, 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 bonk. They go back in <laughs> and everything is right where they left it. Including the oh. head. Including the head. They just go in and pick it up and take it out and that's the robot. But Oh my gosh. <laughs> this The ship has literally been rolling. Yeah, but that's because of the, the gravity inside. No, they established very carefully <laughs> that there is no anti-gravity. She's done, like, no, She's done the math. No, but see, on like, this. the centrifugal force was so strong. That's not how that works. Into place. <laughs> that's, that's totally how that works. I've seen the paint cans, right? No, but it wasn't <laughs> on the wall. It was on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're rolling, the wall becomes the floor. and The floor becomes the wall. No, but it was rolling in such a way that it would have stuck to the wall, if anything. But it was on the floor where they left it. That's That was just the head spot. That was just like... <laughs> It had like a locking mechanism. Oh, maybe. maybe there was like a spike. They just stick it right there. It's like electromagnets. Magnets. <laughs> it was a robot head. They can't magnetize it. Oh, I thought it was a human head. I was thinking like a pipe. Well, we can't really magnetize a human head. Why would they go back unless... for a human head? No, they went back for the android head. <laughs> Come on, Allison. Come on, Allison. You haven't <laughs> seen Prometheus? I, it's been a very long time. 
That and the scene so where the guys go to the little il- alien they've never seen and go, "Hey, buddy," and that, we wouldn't have the space horror genre if no one poked weird shit. That's why we I mean, if, if, have if, a the, space if the universal desire of man to poke weird shit was not there, we would not have the space horror genre. It just wouldn't exist. Nobody poked I, shit in Alien in the original Alien. Ian Holm um, poked shit. Not Ian Holm. Sorry, John Hurt. John Hurt. Where? When did he poke shit? He was he was the one looking like, oh look at this. This is pretty cool. He got face hugged. Did he poke it or was he just looking at it? He was looking real close. Ah, that's different. Like, he didn't poke it. He poked it with his face. I'll he poked it with it. his eyes. He looked real hard at it. So yeah, he got he got his ovipositor rammed down his throat. What? Like, As you do. His ovipositor. That's the What's thing that? that drops the eggs in your stomach. Oh. A, an ova depositor. Oh, an ovipositor. Dude, yeah. there's ovipositor porn. No. Oh, See? No. Rule 32, Allison. That just <laughs> that keeps coming up on this show. Yeah. Was, Especially last <laughs> episode. It was like we dropped. <laughs> I, I always thought it was rule 37. Doesn't matter. It's a rule. It's an absolutely true thing. <laughs> there's always going to be porn about it. Yeah. I could describe it, but I won't. So there's probably going to be porn about how bad Bell drives his car and like <laughs> accelerates and then like flips it in classic like you know action movie style, but mostly it's just that's just terrible driving. Just terrible driving. He's been on a desk far a, too long. It was a pretty dramatic flip. And then he just kind of like, oh, I got an alvey on my head. So yeah, and then uh, we get the uh, he cr- the car crashes after being shot at by a large blue vehicle and like a um, vintage car. Yeah, a recognizable like vintage car. Yeah, very, very easy. Let if we were to see it again, we might recognize. We might. My, my, I've seen that <laughs> car before. So yeah, and then we get the uh, Rube Goldberg machine intro. Yep. Um, so we come back and we see Gregson, Watson, and Sherlock are like in a warehouse looking at this wrecked car, and Sherlock's kind of doing his thing. Like, okay, these bullets were obviously fired from. The classic drive-by weapon, which I didn't write down the name of it, but I think uh, it's an MP5. In. Uh, he didn't say classic because he said like a very well-suited weapon. Well, for he said a, a, a rifle driving. barrel as opposed to a smooth bore. Yes, because of the groupings. Right. Well, I don't. Know, I don't know what a smooth bore is, but oh, I don't know either. But it's a it's so so a uh, so a barrel and a gun. Uh, if it has so so tip so back in the day they just made these long barrels with and they would shoot like projectiles out and that was it, but then they determined one day it's like you know what if we take the inside of the barrel and t- make like spiral grooves down the inside of it really thin spiral grooves, then the the bullet coming out of the gun will spin, and it will go farther and penetrate farther and the inside of the the grooving is called rifling which is where we got oh, the term rifle shot. The front door. Yes. (laughs) Now, the reason why when people do ballistics tests, they look at the bullets and they line up the lines, because every gun has its own unique rifling. So Uh... that's why the bullets can be traced back to the gun, because once they shoot the bullets out, they are going to they they call lands and grooves, like basically like the uh, like the the lines and stuff like that will line up, and you can like match them one to one, even if the bullets have been deformed. So that's why most guns, wow. most guns will have <laughs> rifling on, even like nine millimeters, like anything bigger than that, will have rifling wow. for distance and accuracy. But sometimes it's like an a, like a 
SMG, like a five millimeter, like like an Uzi MP5 or whatever, um, they don't have the rifling. It's just a short barrel because they're just about spitting bullets out. They're not really mm-hmm. worried about that. So they had so the barrel modified. That's what smoothbore means. Is that there's that, no yeah, rifling? Yeah, that means has no rifling in the inside of it, which is oh. also much harder to um, uh, match up ballistically. Fascinating! Wow. Yeah. Thank you for all of that. Because I always because I've heard about oh we match the bullet to the gun. I always thought it was just the striations. Yeah, me too. Uh, I didn't. Well, those striations come out because of the twisting of the the spiraling of the barrel. But I I thought it was straight striations. Huh. Wow! I am I am educated. Thank you. For that. Yeah, that was good to that was Rifling. a good deep dive, George. So that's what I learned that from CSI. <laughs> so, so that's when people talk about rifling through a file. Yeah, that's an, you're going. You know, you're you're it, it, rifling has to do with the 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 lines, the um, the actual shape of it. Yeah. Huh. Oh yeah. man, that's huge! Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I and I guess the reason mom. it's like it's good for um, drive-bys is because you can hold the gun with one hand while you drive with the other hand. Um, if but he, if kinda... they had a friend, they would have a friend doing the shooting, which just means that if you're going to do a drive-by, like make sure you have someone you would trust to you know ride with you. I mean, come on. Right. That's I why mean... we call it ride or die. Ride or die. You need a ride-or-die friend for a drive-by. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, we get to see Bell. He's okay. He just got a boo-boo on his head. And... Which is insane, but okay. <laughs> I know, after that flip. Um... Well, now, bear in mind, I came in out of nowhere. I didn't know who Bell was. I just thought he was the Vic of the Week. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, so well, You didn't know he had dead. plot armor. Yeah. You came in on a very bell heavy episode. I yeah, did. you did. Because he, I was just the other day. I was like a couple of weeks ago. I was like, did he piss somebody off? Did he run over his captain's foot? Because he's been riding a desk for a minute, <laughs> and now this is like the whole bell episode. I'm like, okay, he's back. I love it though. I'm a huge bell fan. Well, it was episode 16. He might have been testing well, and then they, you know, rode him more. Yeah, and... they're like, oh yeah, let's get this guy back out here. Yeah, yeah. bell's a cute. Oh, I just like to remind the audience that Allison's love of bell is not pure. It was impure. It is very impure. Very impure. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that. (laughs) Oh, we will. What do you think of his brother? His brother's not too bad either. (laughs) Um, So, Sherlock does his ballistics analysis, and then he's like, So, I've been looking into your cases, Bell. Basically, as soon as he heard about this incident, he started going through all of his case history, seeing who might have a reason to try to get revenge on Bell. And he pays him this backhanded compliment that, boy, you've got a lot of enemies. And uh, to Sherlock, that means, like, you are really doing your job as a detective. Um, he says, in my humble opinion, but I'm like, does Sherlock have a humble opinion? It's not humble. He never has a <laughs> humble opinion. Ever. <laughs> uh, and then, but, and also I noticed how um, Watson is trying to jump in. She's like, well, should we go back to the files and start looking through them again? And then Belle's like, actually, I know who did this. Mm. Um, because of the car. Yeah, but you really easy. see right off the bat in this episode, like, Watson is she's, getting she's in, in there. She's in the game. She's, she's like in the mix, like, 
Well, she does that in the pilot. I mean, she suddenly jumps in on something. And yeah. uh, that's when that's when Holmes is like, oh, she might be valuable. So it's interesting <laughs> yeah. that this is the one you come in on because you kind of come in on the like the tail end of an arc that literally has been building since the first episode. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what again, that's why I always watch the yeah. pilot. They set up everything and I just got lucky to hit. a very Yeah, you got lucky on this because I've been waiting for this to happen for a while. So <laughs> um, this is a very satisfying episode for me in that that respect. Yeah, they really have every episode. There's some little moment that Watson gets to show. Oh, she can deduct as you know, or, or little, drops in with like some you know, like dope some, medical knowledge yeah. or something. Well, that's again, so, that's what that's what Watson does. Watson throws in the very small amount of information that Holmes doesn't have. Oh, exactly. Like like shellfish poisoning. Yes, <laughs> it could be medical or it could be basic human stuff emotional intelligence type stuff that he is kind of you know yeah not picking up on so bell thinks the guy who did this is named curtis bradshaw um he's like a drug dealer kind of a high level gang member and then he has this backstory about how bell was involved in an investigation a few years ago and they just could not get anything on this guy bradshaw even though they knew he was guilty so one of the people on the investigation planted drugs uh, and like Bradshaw was going to be, he was going to be put away for a while. And then there was this anonymous tip that the, you know, that it was a setup. So the whole case fell apart and uh, they ended up this. I thought this was a fun term that he got caponed. Yeah. Um, yes. Basically, like, you have this incredibly prolific gangster who has a huge list of crimes, but the only thing they can get him on is something small like tax evasion. So It worked real well for Capone. It didn't work so well for this guy because he was framed and set up by a police officer in order to make it happen, which, you know what? Don't do that. Well, the, the thing they did, the framing up didn't work, and that's why they had to put him away on the lesser charge. But then he got out because it, yeah. it wasn't a long prison sentence. So, well, the point is to put him away so you can make the case for the bigger stuff. So they screwed that yeah. up and he got out. Yeah. Yeah. And Bell was saying how he worked on it for a long time. He just couldn't, they never could get anywhere, but they did manage to put away a lot of his associates. And basically, um, they, they chipped away at his, business until there was very little left so that is the reason why bradshaw kind of might have it out for bell and drives um, a big blue old car yes it's got it's got cool taste in cars um although i don't think he's got very cool taste in uh social activities because i, I have a bit of my note like because we get to the point where like Gregson's like yeah we got a light on him let's go talk to him figured you guys to come and there's a little nice moment where um Sherlock's like, yep. And Belle's like, thanks for making me not have to beg. Because yeah. <laughs> they have like this sort of like weird like back and forth, like animosity, not animosity, but they pick at each other. Mm-hmm. And then this one, like he really needs to rely on them. So it's kind of like, it's interesting to see their dynamic. I have a note later saying like how much I like how they work together. Sort of like antagonistically, but still adding, aiming for the same goal. Yeah. And we even have later on Belle saying like, hey, I know we're not the best of friends. Mm-hmm. But I do think, like, it starts to shift in this episode. So, 
Bell gets this message. We're back at the precinct. He gets this um, note passed to him from, quote unquote, Mr. Cheese. <laughs> Just like the dumbest. I brought some cheese. I brought a prop. What if he's a cheesemonger? <laughs> because only cheesemongers only work in Britain. There's no cheesemongers here. Oh, George, you used to work at a cheese counter, right? I was a cheesemonger. You were a cheesemonger? I just didn't get that official title, which I would have loved to have my badge say cheesemonger. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's, a, that's a... I don't think we do that here. It's pretty cheese specialist or something. We're all into warmongering here. Yeah, well, I think... Yeah, yeah we are very much... See, that's I, a, that's if, our mongering style. I would love the title of cheesemonger, but only if I worked at a store that sold tchotchkes. Mm. <laughs> and brick of brack Knickknacks, tchotchkes, <laughs> that'd be a cheesemonger. <laughs> but could, but if you were selling tchotchkes, wouldn't you be a tchotchke monger? Well, what, that doesn't make a lick of sense. Yeah, Allison, <laughs> come on. What are you making up words why, that, now? That's just, why would you do that? That's a, <laughs> Allison. Come on, Allison, think. Go back to your corner. Think. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Oh, okay. So he gets the message from Mr. Cheese and is delivered by this very pretty uniformed officer named Reyes. And um, Sherlock is instantly, like, as soon as she walks away, like, so, so how many times fuck? have you slept together? <laughs> yeah, like, no fuck? Like, a lot, right? He doesn't lot? even try to be subtle. My over-under is 10. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we and get the, uh, uh, he's only mad at you because he also wants to have sex with her. Oh, the, like, yeah, the partner. Ray's yeah. partner. Mm-hmm. Although then he goes to like, not necessarily with you too. Although I'm like, Sherlock, you know, don't judge. Well, that don't actually is my girl, favorite Girl line. wants what she wants. If, <laughs> if that's what she wants, don't say no. Just, uh, he'd like to have sex with her. Or he'd like to with her. He'd like to have sex with her as well. I mean, in addition to and separate from, not including you <laughs> as a third party. I mean, Sherlock is is some weird stuff. So he, I mean, he feel like he'd be like, or is totally optional. Like, yeah, it's like I feel like he's being a little bit kind of a, like a like a kink shamer in that sort of vibe. It's like, mm. so. I think that's why, like, because that's where Sherlock's head is. That's why he thinks he needs to clarify that sentence. But Bell's like, yeah. you didn't need to. I got it. Like, <laughs> well, that that comes with the uh, with being on the spectrum. Is he doesn't know when he said something that people may or may not understand. So he yeah. feels the need to clarify just in case. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I think he does it. Uh, On more, he plays it up more than he needs to. Yeah. Oh yeah, without question. <laughs> so. Yeah, that we get the note, or like we notice that Ray's partner doesn't like Bell a whole lot, um, and then Sherlock suggests to Watson that she should go boxing with Reyes because he can tell just by looking at her hands that she's a boxer. And then we get this funny exchange about foxy boxing. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you think you're foxy? She, yeah, she's trying to tease him a little bit like, oh, you just want to see some foxy boxing. <laughs> then he negs her so bad. That face to go, she's like. It's like, have you seen me? Have I'm you Lucy Lou. I yeah, know I'm Foxy. Like, Are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> um, well, that's the so problem then, with TV and Hollywood and everything is that even the people, the actors that get to play like homeless people are incredibly attractive or else they wouldn't have been booked. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. 
Is have you is like that like little plot line on Arrested Development where Lindsay finds out she's dating uh or she thinks she's like helping out a homeless man and then he turns out to be an actor and then they date. Right. <laughs> um so then we go to this basketball game in the snow. Uh I I, I don't even know. Course. Is this a New York thing? Because <sighs> Typically, other places I've seen, when it snows, if you're out hiking or walking or, like, maybe actually actively playing basketball, it's fine. But who just sits in a park and watches people play basketball while it's snowing? Like, oh, shit, snowing. It's cold now. Let's go home. Unless they were there on business and the game was, like, just a front for what they were there to do. But all of his business partners were arrested, so wouldn't he be, like, you know... I don't know. It could, or he could be in the rebuilding phase. I don't. That's I don't know. I'm sure I, I it wasn't wondering just that a basketball game. He's having yeah. a rebuilding year yeah. for his. Uh, like, but for his yeah, prior. It looks really cold. Like this is not like this is definitely they were on location and it started to snow. It doesn't look fake at all. Yeah. yeah. Everyone has like on multiple layers except these guys just hanging out in their track suits with their like you know, like 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 sassy back and forth. Yeah, I do enjoy his back and forth with Sherlock. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> well, I, I just like any scene where criminals are obviously lying, but there's no way to prove it. <laughs> yeah. I love those scenes. Oh, yeah. They're really dying out on it, too. I mean, the the guy, Bradshaw is just loving it because they, you know, Gregson kind of comes in with the hard interrogation, like, well, we could do this at the precinct and, um so then, you know, he asks him where he's been, and his two associates each have a different alibi. He's like, pick an alibi, whichever one works better for you. Which is, I mean, um, that's balls, because what you really want is, it's either the, oh, I have no alibi, I was home alone, what you're going to do about it, or <laughs> your buddies all pick one alibi. Once they are making them up, they're obvi- somebody's obviously lying, and at that yeah. point, you know, you got him. I mean, in, in court... That would immediately mm-hmm. point to a lie. So I thought that was a lot of guts for them to start yeah. flipping, you know. Pick your alibi. Which one do you like best? That's literally Cards, the opposite of how this works. Movie, what were we yeah. doing? Yeah. And and I guess maybe if he had done it, he would have been a little more careful about giving a real alibi. But he's feeling super confident because he didn't do it. And uh, <laughs> it's just... I just love how much they dunk on uh, Sherlock and Gregson. And then Sherlock challenges them to a bet. Like, if I can sink this shot, which is what, at least like a half basketball court, maybe more. Oh, yeah, more than that, like, yeah. It's honestly, I thought I thought he was going to do it because, you know, who knows what weird. Yeah, things. I think everyone oh, yeah. did. Like, yeah, oh, like, trigger, like doing angles and like velocity and like. And, he, and he's holding and he... it like this. <laughs> he does yeah. a granny shot. That's what we used to call it when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. he was going to do a granny shot, obvious yeah. granny shot. And I'm like, okay. No offense to any grannies out there. No offense to grannies. I'm sure um, you're good at basketball. You can dunk real hard. <laughs> Granny's got game. They call him a British Globetrotter, which is freaking great. Yeah, but yeah that was almost one of my favorite uh, words, because just the way British Globetrotter. Although, it, to me, it sounded like you said British Globetrotter. <laughs> Britches. And I'm like, Britches? I ain't heard somebody say Britches in a minute. <laughs> uh, so we cut to Marcus bringing groceries to this guy who turns out to be Mr. Cheese. It's and... Detective Babineau. What? 
Detective Babineau. What's he from? I Zombie. Oh, I didn't watch that. Oh, I watched a lot of that show, and he is—he's like the main like like police presence in that. Oh, Should we him. shout out the actor's name? Shoot, His name's I Malcolm I... Goodwin. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, uh, he is. Uh, he's been in a bunch of other things, but that's like—I mean, he was on iZombie for like—I don't think the show's on anymore, but it was on for probably like five or six seasons. Wow. Um, I mean, how? Listen, you got a show where. The main character, first episode, goes to a party, gets turned into a zombie, but like their uh, zombies are like, if, if you consistently eat brains, like you stay like normal, but if you go crazy and don't get enough brains and you zombie out, you like get a little crazy mm. and like strong and like you like oh, turn into like a, a zombie. That's a new twist uh, on the zombie. Yeah, and, that's and never except for before. except for here's the other twist. Um, <laughs> that's not the brains, canon. Come on, the brains <laughs> that she eats in part psychic visions from their owners and so she would eat the brains of murder victims and try to figure out with detective babineau how they were killed That's so first wow. episode malcolm goodwin's character detective clyde babineau gets just gets to buy into this crazy bullshit as a so she lists herself as a psychic detective or a psychic consultant when she's really like working in the morgue with her um counterpart ravi she was a med student before of course it was like 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 almost through with her like uh, doctoral rotation, and, and, and a med student would immediately off. understand how memories can be eaten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so- and honestly, it's such a weird show because they'll do like moments where like, oh, it's time to eat the brains, and she'll do like full on like like little cutscene like montage like pre- preparations of okay, like. Okay, this was actually my question. Like tacos or um, oh like my. stir fry. Or like one time there was this one that was kind of decomposed and she was like, Ugh, and she made a smoothie out of it. She's like, this is still disgusting. <laughs> it okay. was it's, it's oh very, very, that is very absolutely insane because everybody knows if you want to preserve the memories, you have to eat the brain raw. Yeah. Well, she loves the <laughs> She loves a good stir fry, a little saute going well, that on. That just burns the memories right out. Everybody knows that. Ew, yeah. ew. You need so, brain oh sashimi. You just can't burn them. I think that's yeah, what maybe it is. If you, you, yeah. you got to do like medium the, once well. Once you start, you know, marinating them and stuff. But yeah, I highly recommend the show. It is very, it's based on a comic book. It's very silly. Oh, is it? But it yeah, yeah, but also, <laughs> it, and it's actually really, really good. There's really good characters in it. They like actually like, you know, build up a lot of story arc and stuff. And like, there's a, it's a nice, everyone contributes to the, to the plot cast, not just like a couple of like standouts that are like trickling every now and then. It's really good. It's fun. But yeah, he's like one of the main characters and he's great. Hmm. Malcolm, what's his name? Goodwin. Malcolm Goodwin. Goodwin. So we f- we find out later as they're talking that this is actually Detective Bell's older brother who is um, just out of prison uh, on gang charges and he's on parole, not allowed to talk to his former, former gang associates. associates. Yeah. So, um, you know, he wants to help Bell because he found out about the shooting on the news, which is like... Come on, dude. <laughs> Come on, Bell. Um, well, it's nice to live in a small town where every shooting is on the news. Yeah. Little town like what was it? New York, like New York City, where every little shooting is on the news. I'm sorry. A little one stoplight town. Chicago, and it's like there were 14 shootings today. And next in sports. <laughs> Take your pick. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. And also you see they're not super close, obviously, yeah. uh, because Bell didn't even think to tell his brother about what happened. And um, and there's some tension there. Like there's a little bit of an argument about who's looking out for whom. Um, but then we see we cut to Sherlock who's reading up on Bradshaw and he's saying this guy is way smarter than your average thug he's not you know just a drug dealer he never comes near the drugs he gets his lieutenants to do all the dirty work so it, he's, it's easy to see why they had a hard time catching this guy and um, Joan's like well isn't it strange that if he got his hands if he he doesn't like getting his hands dirty. Why would he come after Bell himself versus having someone do it for him? And um, he's, Sherlock's like assuming, okay, then it must be personal if he did it himself. Revenge can make people do stupid things. Yeah, exactly. So he's like, for evidence, please see episode M. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we we have experience with this personal experience with this. Um, it's like a weird this like this one like a lot of like past stuff kind of like comes home to roost in this episode like a lot of little like threads not necessarily like loose threads but just like point plot points that have been explored kind of like loop back into this one they all kind of pile up like spaghetti that's true yeah uh i <laughs> i like that because it it kind of rewards you as a viewer where, when you've seen all the past episodes and then you get to be like, oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that. That is to say, Amanda, you should probably go back and watch the other 15 episodes. I'll get right 14, on I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, Sherlock thanks Joan for helping him out with the investigation and she says Belle is like family at this point. And this is kind of another interesting like illustration of how Sherlock perceives the relationship with Bell, he kind of has this like cold, distant, like, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a good detective and he appreciates my methods. It's like, there's nothing friendly or personal about their relationship, at least to Sherlock. Whereas or to Bell, Joan, no, Bell straight up says straight up, like, we're not friends, but like, yeah, how we, we are colleagues. Like, but Joan is like, nah, he's family. Yeah. Um, which I thought was really interesting because they've known Bell, Sherlock and Joan have known Bell for the same amount of time. Um, <laughs> sorry, my notes. What did I type? It says asshole. Oh, <laughs> asshole. I was trying to say asshole. <laughs> That's an asshole. About two and a half ounces? That's... Okay, thank you. <laughs> Give or take. Or depending on the porn you're watching. I mean, <laughs> limits are made to be pushed. Let's just no, assume not... asshole was a typo and you meant to say asshole. Asshole. I'm just going to fix that because I'm, <laughs> I guess I'm a little anal. Um... <laughs> That's also an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> It writes itself. It's all a matter of perspective, <laughs> Allison. It's all a matter of perspective. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> sure, Joan walks away and and Sherlock throws a tennis ball right into her back. <laughs> She's so pissed. And he's, he's doing this thing again, like, 
This is dangerous work. If you're going to be around me, you got to know self-defense. you got to be aware of your surroundings. And she's like, have you noticed the only person hurting me is you? Uh, yeah, but that's the person the you, you, you yeah. want. You want, the, you want that to be the person that's hurting you so that when the bad people come, you're like, ah, I see where he's going with this. And from a protective, <laughs> like, sort of, like, like, mindset, I'm like, I mean, maybe his methods aren't that great, but where his head is, is important. And like, she's the one just being like stalwartly, like I've already been held at gunpoint. Like shit's kind of got weird a couple of times since we started this, like for her to be actively ignoring his urges to like figure out a way to like better her ability to defend herself is, is dumb. I mean, but yeah, I, I think it's implied that she kind of knows what she's doing. She's already, you know, she says she's taken self-defense. She's, you know, she's, She's, and also, as we mentioned, she's Lucy Lou. <laughs> but I also think, like, sure, she probably does see the logic of what he's encouraging, and and would probably have gotten on board if he had just brought it up in like a normal. Yeah, instead of she way. knows who he is. <laughs> she knows he does nothing normally. <laughs> Yes, Nothing. but you cannot you cannot reward bad behavior, George. You that can't also you can't make a tiger change its stripes, you know? <laughs> you know who he is. <laughs> this is his love language. Tennis balls. Oh god. No, but he, you know <laughs> they it's fucking annoying and like I would be so mad if somebody was like like tripping me with trip wires and throwing tennis balls at my back. But it is coming from a good place, like you said, George. Like that's and he and Sherlock even had admitted late or earlier in the episode that you know it, it was really scary for him yeah. to watch. All he her wants be in her danger. to do is acknowledge that what he like his his methods are stupid. But he wants her to acknowledge that like yes, this is dangerous. I'm walking into this with my eyes open. I you know what, I should probably take some form of self-defense classes or weapons training so that I can defend myself in the future. Mm -hmm. And his persistence with this bullshit is because she keeps saying no. Yeah, but she, she, honestly, she can't because she's not being fully honest with him yet. And he knows that too, I think. And that's probably oh, I, also I mean, that's, we what's do find behind out it. Yeah, you know, he's he's not being easy on her because he knows that she's not being honest with him. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so... <laughs> in in retribution, Joan knocks over his grid of uh, padlocks. Like a very, uh, very had... uh, passive-aggressive cat. Carefully <laughs> organized padlocks. Just yes. looks him in the eye. By country of origin, if you recall. Yeah. Although you got to think, weren't they locked? Oh, no, no. They can't have been Apparently locked. Because you probably didn't. Well, like, why are you going to put a padlock on a thing and then just leave it dangling? Oh, for for uh, so you can still open it and, you know, look inside it. and. That's why he's got, he goes <laughs> and, like, he'll pick the lock. He's, like, increasing his, his skills. Yes, but they need... And also, cleanup is a lot shorter that way. Well, it wouldn't for... have been as fun a scene if she if he had locked them on. That is pretty no, funny, yeah. though. So, uh, we cut to this woman finding a, a man on her front stoop and it turns out it's Bradshaw and he is dead. So he's not just dead, also, he's bullet dead. He, oh, he's yeah. Two, two shots, center mass. And I don't know if that actor has a facial scar or if they added that. It looks pretty fake. In makeup. 
It so, looks pretty fake. But it's it's helpful for us to go like, oh, I remember that guy. That's definitely yeah. Bradshaw. Yeah. And uh, and then we see Sherlock sitting side by side with Bradshaw's corpse, and Reyes and her grumpy Leaning partner on him, are there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's real close. Yeah, they're like um, buddies, but. And actually, I'm not even sure why he was doing that. He oh, was like he was trying, trying to, to he see... was determining where the shooter was standing. Yeah. Like, did oh. he fall that way or was he sitting when he was shot? You know, just trying to figure out angle of, of like, where, yeah. Yeah. Although you so... think we ought to tell how tall the shooter was at this point. Mm. Although they all do say oh, that, that Babbitt was very short. Because they made that joke earlier when they were talking about like, oh, yeah, you know, if you got to aim for Babino, you got to go low. Because making you a mean Bell, Bell. Sorry, Babino. Yeah. See, I'm like out of my head. Oh, <sighs> that was the thing I forgot to come back around to. Is like <laughs> that Bradshaw makes a short joke about Bell, and I'm like, dude, can't. I mean, who cares? Look at it's him. It's also got size ten feet. He's a small man. Well, also, like this, it doesn't matter if he's short. This was the last decade when short jokes were more acceptable. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing how fast. Um, yeah, body shaming was still a thing back then. Sizeism. <laughs> Sizeism. Heightism. Still a thing. We're all over that now. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's There's no the more isms of in the, the world. Past. <laughs> uh, in fact, I'm height blind. I don't even see height. <laughs> so you bump into a lot of people, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so where were we? Okay. So he's leaning um, on a corpse. He's investigating and <laughs> he gets sassy about Reyes having seen Belle naked and and then asks Show her, some respect. Yeah, the, the, the partner gets all defensive and then the he asks her if what boxing gym she goes to and then he sniffs some muddy footprints and I just found that scene really gross. I know <laughs> I just like when he it says, like, mud, no more but... talking now. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, the You can just see, like, the uniformed officers do not understand his process at all. They are not on board. Well, the, well, the suits barely on. understand it. And they're around him all the time. So I can't imagine yeah. a couple of a uh, couple of couple of unis are just be mm -hmm. like, what is this guy doing? I'm sure they've heard about him like through like the grapevine and shit, but like actively seeing it in progress is like a totally different thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and so Gregson comes up, he tells Sherlock that the media is pushing this theory that the cops ordered this hit as retribution for the attack on Bell. And then Sherlock says, actually, there's evidence that points to Bell. So also, you know what? Police, if you didn't do shit like that on a really, relatively regular basis, people wouldn't assume it was you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, straighten it up. Yeah. Stop being shady motherfuckers. It's, um... I'm looking at you. Oh, but this police. was the last decade when cops were all respectable. Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that perp just took a bad beat. He resisted arrest. <laughs> yeah. But they, exactly. at that point, a very important thing, they confirmed that it was likely someone in law enforcement. So that's big clue right there. Yeah. Right. Uh, so then Gregson and Sherlock go to visit Bell at his apartment. 
And uh, I just want to say, I love getting a peek at Belle's oh, I bet very you do. tidy apartment. I it's, bet you like to peek at Belle's stuff. Well, talk to me more on your uh, tasteful V-neck short sleeve shirt as you uh, sip your smoothie. <laughs> Leaning ever so uh, cavalierly against the corner counter as we're having this conversation. Tell me more. But it is such an obviously clean and tidy apartment that it stands out. It looks like a hotel. It's that like a hotel before you've even unpacked. Um, and so they kind of explain about this boot print. That's what Sherlock was sniffing in the previous scene. Sherlock's like, this is from... A Pergati boot, which we have, it's known to be your, I mean, I guess not everyone knows, but this is the kind of thing that Sherlock notices. It's like you this favored is, it with your yeah. uh, gray summer suit back in the spring. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> because Bella's a natty dresser. Um, and I'm assuming Pergati is like a brand they made up for the show. I've never heard of it, but I'm also not really tuned into men's you and your You and footwear. your suit boots. Yeah. So... Belle's like, you know, uh, tons of people have those boots. I don't see why that's a thing. But because of this, uh, Gregson... Oh, no, they exist. What? They oh, exist. they do exist. They're a yeah. thing. Who knew? Okay, tell me this. How much do they cost? Uh, um, well, one second. Men... You know what? Uh, I think it might be more of a style than oh. a uh a like brand? yeah that's like a brand not like bugatti well, just, uh, but like just, kind of like this this work boot oh interesting with the eyelets that's gonna with come the eyelets. Oh, okay yes. that's where they lost me but keep going <laughs> <laughs> okay so where are we so they're in the apartment oh right and the the boots are the same brand and size as the ones that Belle was known to wear. Um, Gregson, well, first off, Sherlock asked to go to the bathroom. And I love that exchange where he calls it a water closet and Belle's like, if that means bathroom, you can find it yourself. <laughs> Everybody knows what a water closet is. Don't the WC. Be a dick. <laughs> yeah, he's just mad at Sherlock. Yeah. And. So Gregson explains to Belle, like, look, we're going to play this by the book. I know you didn't do this, but we're not going to give anybody any room to question it, right? Like, we're going to figure this out, and then when it's yeah. over, you'll be in the clear. Uh, which is the absolute right way to do it. Um, but Belle is obviously frustrated. Um, and then Sherlock comes out of the bathroom and is like, okay, time to go. <laughs> See you later. And... Uh, they go home we'd see oh no first we see Joan with her therapist and she's telling we we know this therapist from previous episodes and she has been in the past she's been encouraging to Joan like maybe you should explore your interest in this work that you do with Sherlock um, but also this therapist is getting kind of freaked out the more she tells her about this violent attack that she endured last week and this is when we have the conversation like the therapist like are you having any ptsd symptoms how are you sleeping all of this is fine 
<laughs> Watson's like, I, I mean, I've been sleeping fine. And it reminded me of the British Sherlock when <clears throat> you have, in that version, Watson is like a former officer in the British yeah. Army, He's right? Got a lot, he, has, he is a lot of PTSD because he was in the military and was injured. And, yes. You know, he, like part of his journey is coping with that PTSD. And part of his helping with Sherlock does help him cope with that PTSD. Kind of gets it back in the action and so on. But what reminded me of it is his sort of, is that the like action and danger is what attracts him uh, because there, it was almost like he got accustomed to it in the war. Yeah. And then when he was removed from it, he had trouble acclimating, but, and I, I thought that was interesting because obviously Watson and elementary joan watson is not a soldier she's not a veteran but i think she was like a trauma surgeon she likes so she, yeah she probably was accustomed to a certain amount of adrenaline uh so to her i think that is a feature not a bug <laughs> i i feel like joan's therapist is like i was all i this is mostly me projecting but like i'm more and more like shut up Jones therapist, shut up. <laughs> stop being like, whoa, was well, my professional opinion? Like, no, I don't. But I honestly think that's because she's telling Joan stuff that I don't want her to tell Joan. I'm like, no, she's got to be part of the team. Shut up. So, yeah. you know, I, uh, every time she like started out, she's like, I think you should pursue this. And then she's like persistently ever since that session, every time she's on, she's like, nah, girl, don't do that. Stupid. <laughs> like over and over again. I'm like, no, shut up, therapist. You're well, bad. And the therapist knows about Joan telling Sherlock that she got extended when she's really just doing this for free at this point. Yeah. So she knows there's an ethics violation here and she can't, obviously she can't get on board with that. Um, so she says uh, the therapist reminds Joan like, maybe you need to have a conversation about boundaries yeah um like yeah maybe i should do that with my therapist yeah. <laughs> i'm living my own life that's the whole point of a therapist is to go beyond the boundaries Ugh. and i i think you know boundaries with sherlock it sort of has a its own definition it's, it's they definitely don't have like your normal friendship boundaries but like maybe could you um maybe not hack my phone and put a tracer on it so that you know where I am at all times because you're concerned about me being kidnapped. I understand where your motivations are coming, but maybe don't do that. <laughs> or, or come into my room while I'm asleep and wake and me up. Offer and, to pick yeah. out my underwear. It's important <laughs> to remember that that therapists on TV serve a very different pur purpose. Oh, they're all exposition machines. They're all about exposition <laughs> and character exploration. They're not about actually helping people. Absolutely. No, I get it. You haven't heard it. of exposition therapy? <laughs> I have now. I guess I had. I was aware of the concept, but now I realize that is what it is. It's a, totally a thing. Absolutely a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So essentially, like the therapist is saying, if Sherlock really cares about you and he's really as smart as you say he is, why isn't he telling you to move on? Okay. Something well, at this point, about. everyone assumes that, like, like everyone assumes that Sherlock doesn't know about Joan's little subterfuge. So at this point, he is still assuming that she's his sober companion. Yeah. 
So that's why, I mean, like from that perspective, I'm like, why? Oh, yeah, because he's like, yeah, he just thinks she's there doing her job. And a perk for him is that she gets to come along with him on his cases and help out and do her thing. And maybe every now and then they get held at gunpoint by a uh, crooked federal officer. But whatever. I mean, that's just like fucking a Tuesday. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure when Joan accepted the job, she did not know that her life being in danger would be like part and parcel of being Again. Sherlock's sober companion. Icing on the cake. <laughs> so we see Belle meeting his brother outside this burger joint where he works. Andre is the brother's name, right? Yeah. And Andre has this intel that he reached out to his former contacts in the gang. It is like this guy named Tico Betty's. Yeah, it was a yeah. big risk. And he he got a name of a guy who modifies the guns that were used in the shooting. And Bell is like, dude, we know that. The NYPD found that out within hours. And you just risked your entire your entire ass on getting this information that is worth nothing. You could go yeah. back to prison for what? It's interesting how their entire dynamic throughout this episode is like every time they're together, you find a little bit more about how they are as brothers and about the choices they made and about like this one's sense of like obligation to his younger brother and his younger brother is trying to protect his older brother from making the same dumb choices that got him in prison to start with. And mm -hmm. it's interesting the way this dynamic does play out as the episode progresses because we get the scene in a little bit where it is really just them chewing up the scenery of like you know finally like kind of like letting some We're of that brothers out. brothers mm -hmm. yeah My we'll brother. get to that in a minute we won't like dig into it but it's it uh, this is just another one this is a very well crafted dynamic i just wanted to say i like the way it sort of is developing yeah and i think it's interesting when you have well i'm the oldest in my family are you the oldest george i am Sometimes there can be a, you too. We're all, we're we're all, all older, oldest. Older siblings. Imagine that. We're all older siblings and we're all in We're all in a podcast. What's all that about? <laughs> Giving our opinions on stuff. We find, we tend to find each other, I think. <laughs> um, but no, I think like there can sometimes be jockeying for that role. Like if a younger sibling starts to act like they're the oldest or if the, I mean, yeah, is it's like no i'm this is not the role like i'm in charge i take care of you it's a point of pride kind of and i imagine that andre yeah. probably already has enough um shame or just uh, regret he's not as he's obviously not as successful as bell i mean look at his apartment yeah like that was andre's apartment is an atrocity um so anyway it's like the anti-bell yeah he doesn't he doesn't take it well it was very and, clearly intended to show the disparity between the two of them yeah yeah that's why we got to peek into bell's zone so that you could also see andre's zone and be like just another i mean obviously career-wise and clothing-wise but then you're like well just hammering that home it's like exactly. yep they also look very different home lives it was an because... expository apartment yeah yeah, exactly. Uh, kudos to the art department and set deck. <laughs> so I just wanted to stop. I didn't really do a deep dive on this. 
Um, but I wanted to talk about how shitty it is that um, formerly incarcerated people have so few job opportunities. And it, it's part of a much bigger problem, obviously, with the criminal justice system. But it's actually that this um, this is a problem that reoccurs throughout elementary. There's a, at least two different plot lines that kind of show how people have to struggle so much after they're released from prison when, you know, supposedly they have paid their debt to society yeah. and have been rehabilitated. Well, but when you, you can see it when your parole prevents you from reaching out to your old friends, uh, you know, makes one more step harder to get anything, you know, an apartment yeah. job. And so many employers won't even consider you. That's why yeah. I like if, places if, like, is it Trejo's Donuts that uh, hires? Uh, oh, workers? do they? I believe that uh, that Trejo's uh, hires people with records. And I all, and there was a place in Chicago called Felony Frank's. Oh, nice. Place. I don't just, think there's just leans right into open, it. But they, but the guy who opened it was had had served time, and he almost exclusively hired people with criminal records who couldn't get work anywhere else. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. It, shout out to Danny Trejo at Trejo's Tacos because I he's promoting a book right now and I just heard him on Marin and he seems so cool. He's, he seems like an extremely cool guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's a formerly, he's formerly incarcerated, yeah. so... But he, that, he I mean, that's them. why he got, you know, big is playing formerly incarcerated guys. <laughs> that's right. Really or actively like incarcerated guys. Incarcerated <laughs> yeah. Guy. Yeah, or guys yeah. who were very well on their way to being incarcerated. Yeah. Like that's really the majority of what he's played is like Freaking those kind of like tough yeah. asses. Dangerous yeah. criminals. He just has that. Yeah. He has a great look for that. And as we all know in LA, you're cast based on what you look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the tacos are pretty good. I mean, it's been a while since I ate there, but I thought it was good. Well, there's also Trejo's Donuts and Coffee. Oh. On uh, Highland. I haven't, I haven't been, been but I go by it all the time. Hmm. Hmm. I don't need to know about that. It's a big pink building. You can't miss it. <laughs> Actually, it's a, tiny, <laughs> it's a tiny pink building, but it's uh, but big, you know, Trejo's donuts and all that. It's great. Oh, that's, that's so unexpected for such a tough guy. To have a that's what I love about shop. it. I think he had yeah. the donuts before he had the tacos. <laughs> oh, cute. So, okay. So we, we basically wrap this up with this this kind of conversation they have outside the burger joint that um andre well okay bell gets mad he's like why don't you help yourself for a change it's like whoa whoa and andre says you have no idea what it's like meaning being like an ex-con and trying to reintegrate into society and he then he says very ominously but maybe one day you will (laughs) just cranking out the red herrings yep so then bell gets a text and leaves he goes to the brownstone where sherlock and joan tell him that somebody is setting him up and they show him the ballistics dummy and the gun that sherlock found in bell's bathroom vent Obviously, it doesn't belong to Bell. We did, we, have we mentioned that he found that? And then that was the reason he was I like, he went to the water closet and like, 
Let's this go. is when we yeah. find it. Although we did skip over the bit where he is actively performing a ballistics test in his in his brownstone. Oh, that's right. I, yeah. Uh, with like you come into like the really loud music and and he just like pops a couple into this dummy and and Watson walks in and goes like, oh Watson, you scared? You startled me. <laughs> with a gun in my yeah. hand. It's like, dude, dude. Oops. <laughs> just shooting a gun inside the house. Like, that's like that's a. Safe I like how thing she says do. like. Uh, this is a residential place. You cannot do a ballistics exam here. And I'm like, Joan, if you just would look, you'll see that he just did a ballistics exam. <laughs> well, here. not only can you, you can't do a ballistics exam here, but you can't do a ballistics exam. You're, yeah. You're not a ballistics guy. I mean, he is obviously, but he's not like a recognized legal ballistics. Guy. Well, yeah, I wouldn't hold up in court, but like he can like analyze and look at the, yeah. like, you know, like the striations and stuff. Be like, all right. Yeah, this works. But oh, yeah, he's like working is... outside of the procedure at this moment. I would just like solidly. to point out that the moment he found the gun in the apartment, I solved it. Oh, shit. Because I, I watch a lot of Law and Order. <laughs> Yeah, I—I I mean, I had my suspicions, but what really cinched it for me when he was like, "Do you? Is there anybody that has a key to your place?" I'm like, I may have oversolved it, and we'll get to it later, and yeah. I'll tell you where my thought was oversolving it. But <laughs> um, definitely, my head went to the exact same spot. Mm. Uh, and I always like to make a joke that, like, I think it's funny that, like, when Sherlock walks into the bathroom, he smells freshly fired firearms because definitely not what I smell when I go in the bathroom. <laughs> I'm good the timing was right, because if the timing been off, he wouldn't have smelled anything. Yes, but you know that that Bell is using poopery or something like that. Something, yeah. yeah. Or he just doesn't. He just internalizes it. (laughs) Absorbs it. Yep, he just reabsorbs it. He's efficient. Gross. (laughs) He he maybe poops, but like maybe like once a month. Yeah, so... But boy, is it a hell of a... Oh, it's not a good, it's not a good scene. He takes a day off of work. <laughs> so terrible. Oh, yeah. How dare you ruin Allison's vision of Belle like that? <laughs> just once a month. It's fine. It's not fine. Just don't go in that apartment it's... that one time out of the month. Not fine, man. Stay away. <laughs> it's like spent uranium in there. It's just awful. <laughs> Dark matter. Do I even need to be here anymore? This is <laughs> potty humor is not something we indulge in a whole lot here. That's hardcore. This is literal potty humor. Literal too. potty humor, yeah. All right, George, you want to start Act Two? So we uh, cruise into after you know the whole bathroom talk. Uh, Gregson and Bell, and they're like actively in the in the lab getting an official match. And Gregson does a thing is like, yeah, just what did you think about like just combing the neighborhood and like looking in dumpsters and stuff? He's like, a hunch. <laughs> Very mm-hmm. Sherlock. Sure. And uh, basically, just trying to get like the the investigation moving in the direction where they can prove that like, okay, well, this is a gun that is used, but it was not found in Bell's apartment. Um, although they didn't find any prints on it, so he's still technically a suspect, even though like they haven't found anything new evidence. Has when was the last time a print has been found on a gun? I mean, mm. in in crime show history. <laughs> uh, now these like uh, uh, they like to find them on the bullets because people forget and they load bullets. That's true. With their, you find them on hands, the bullets. They'll find now. part of a partial on a bullet mm. versus the actual. But gun. even so, I mean, these criminals. Like, do, are like, do you even want to dust for part. this, bro? 
Yeah, exactly. It's like everyone wears gloves or wipes it down or something. And I love it in a scene in a show where they're like half holding it with their shirt and just kind of like partially like quickly wiping it like with and that's probably get rid of every print on the entire gun. Like I, if I were if I were trying to commit a crime, oh, I would be in there with like Q-tips mm-hmm. and like 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 sanitization wipes and just like getting in the crevices and like that gun would be immaculate when i that was means done. if we find evidence of uh sanitation uh, sanitizing yeah. wipes we know it's you <laughs> or do you oh yeah we do you just confess <laughs> it's like there's no it's all circumstantial evidence it's fine but yeah so uh we have uh, they walk out of the whole thing and, and, and Belle is and like he's like making a face and Sherlock's like you didn't enjoy lying to him did you? I don't like lying to him either and, and they had like a bit of a moment and then that's when he said like I would like to go back to your apartment and check things out like do you have like do you have a key and he's like do you have is like this is who else has a key and he's like nobody and like okay that's, does he that's say telling. nobody or does he just not answer? Uh, I feel like he's maybe in the place where his head's like he's like anybody that would have a key would not do this stuff to me so this is like yeah like you didn't a, look at your list of key people key holders <laughs> yeah people. yeah your key party was very unsuccessful <laughs> that like i said uh, that's where i figured it out yeah <laughs> oh. the key thing is that's what I'm like the thing is like i actually the first time i watched this i actually had to stop and go pick up breakfast because i was from the gym and I was like starving and I was like, I'm going to do this while I'm waiting. And then I came back and for some reason, right when I came back and like turned it back on, it was on this scene and I'm like, Oh, but again, I took it a step too far. So um, we'll get into mm. that later. But yeah. Uh, so uh, then he's uh, back in there. Uh, he's like, okay, well he calls his brother in to the precinct. And he's like, I don't think you wanted to know anybody. No, we were related. And and Bell's like, just come in here and talk to me, so we could have this scene where we yell at each other in the pre-scene in front of everybody, because that's not, you know, that's a good way to do this sort of stuff. So <laughs> he basically says, uh, by the way, your uh, those boots I gave you, those were size ten and uh, per- pergottis or whatever they were, and and he's like, are you accusing me? He's like, no, 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 Bell, you are very much accusing him of framing you for this situation. You wouldn't have brought him in with all this stuff if you didn't have a solid idea that maybe this was you and mine. So they get in a bit of a back and forth and uh, they have that one scene where he's like, I sacrificed him. And he's like, no, you did what was easy for you. And I'm like, oh, sick burn. That was a good little moment. <laughs> Got you. And, like, and, he, and even, even, even Andre was like, shit. Yeah, I totally did. It was easy for me. He didn't admit it, but like he, he, he changed his argument a little bit until they go back out in the hall. And then uh, he uh, punches Bell in the middle of a police station on that same side of the face. <laughs> that side of the face is getting a workout. Is that their argument to me is extreme. The fact that Bell even considers the possibility that his brother might have tried to murder him. That's really dark. Well, I mean, he is a felon. Yeah, but yeah, like, but for 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 crimes, he did say that whole thing about like maybe one day you'll know. We're coming back to that thing, and like at this point, you just have to start analyzing the things, and like all of the stuff does. Like he he gave him the boots, yeah, you know. See, that, it's, like, that all these was things. All, this is from years of what Law and Order. It's like that literally that that immediately eliminates him as a suspect because it's, it's too, too obvious. obvious. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I never wasn't him. And I, the thing is, like, they're just like, you know, in the fishing department, throwing out the red herrings left and right. You know, like, oh, maybe this person, maybe this person. <laughs> yeah, I just thought the fact that I mean there's there's even between a drug dealer, like a gang member and drug dealer, it's a huge leap to killing your own brother. Like yeah. that Who so that's good to you. Yeah, they're not uh obviously they're not in a good place. They're not. And like he, he admits it. He's like, yeah, things have not been good for us for a while. That's part of the conversation, like acknowledging the fact. And then, then I like how like his brother's like, yeah, things were kind of shitty when you became a cop. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> no, I understand that there are like definitely problematic aspects of the police in general. And that's the thing. But if you're giving your brother shit because he actually went to the academy and became a person with an actual like job and like a part of society in that aspect, and you're giving him shit because you decided I'm just going to go deal drugs because that's what's easy for me. Uh, that's just a weird, that's a weird flex to throw at somebody in an argument, I think. I think. Well, and this episode is so it's, it's very much about the, similarities between the cops and the gangs and yeah. how both sides are so anti uh rat or anti-police cooperation this is something that it's never made sense to me that the police are so um resentful and kind of they re they're contemptuous of the ia internal affairs yeah oh well again i think that's very much a uh, a tv thing is that police need additional uh enemies that could be it yeah i don't know how much of that is is represented in reality like do police really have terrible relationships with ia Honestly, uh, it I, seems they they think that they're perfectly capable of of regulating themselves which i think has been shown to not be the case. Um, well, that's yeah. another thing. I think that uh, that these shows want to show police as not necessarily always the good guys because that reflects public opinion. Mm. You know, mm. there are people who would love to see the police go down for the stuff they do. And even if it's an internal investigation, which is really, as we've learned, not how it should be done. It yeah. shouldn't be internal. That's the problem with IA is that it is internal affairs and it should be a more public thing. Um, but the idea that somebody is keeping tabs on the police is, I think, you know, it works story-wise and it works, you know, for the audience. So whether or not it is real, as real as I, they make it, I don't, who knows? Who cares? Never let the facts get in the way of a good story, as we used to say <laughs> that, in the that, newsroom. That is true, but I do think, like, having, like watched the whole the black lives matter movement and everything happening and and the way police have responded to that and the way they seem so loyal to their own um and like they all seem very much willing to cover up to um i don't know protect theirs like the other police at the expense of justice in a lot of cases and it's brotherhood man yeah yeah 
And that, and I think that <laughs> that's what this episode is all about. It's the literal brotherhood. It's the brotherhood of cops. It's the brotherhood of the gangs and, and trying to separate like what's morally right versus your quote unquote code. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of layers to, to that. So he's shooting a mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we get back to um, Bell's apartment where uh, Sherlock. Well, I mean, so we have the whole thing where they, you know, like his brother, and they go out in the hall and he gets punched. He goes, like, "It's all right, he's my brother." Yeah, and I think that might be like more of your coded language on like you know, like brotherhood of police, brotherhood of brothers, and all that sort of stuff. And like, it's okay, like he can do shitty things to me because we're related. It's one of the strongest words in drama, brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always Not always signifies brother. Yeah, it always <laughs> signifies more negative, I think, than good yeah. I th- a lot of times because it is more like a, well, I'm going to stand for this person no matter what, even though it's morally or like socially wrong to do so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then we get back to his apartment where Sherlock and Joan are going like like top to t- top to bottom trying to figure out everything. And he's very frustrated because he is asking us like, like, do you have any reason to think, do you know why he would have a Victoria's Secret catalog? Um, with your face put on all of the models. Oh, he's just she's, it, he's like, I can't think of it either. I couldn't find that. I was just wondering if you knew. And and that's, he finally I mean, he finally that's not real. He was just messing with her. Yeah. Because <laughs> even her response is like, what? Like it was a weird it was a weird moment because it was a joke I don't think that quite landed. Because he tried to like get her riled up, but like her response wasn't of a of a of a large enough nature to be like, "Oh, I got you." Hey, hey. Uh, it was yeah. more of a that doesn't make any sense. And then he's like, "Never mind." It's a throwaway line. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, "She's like, you're frustrated because we've been here for hours, and haven't found anything." And he's like, "No, I'm frustrated because you refuse to take on any sort of martial arts training or, or self defense training." And then he's like, "She's like." And then he's like, and also because you've been lying to me. And then like we get this whole scene where he just like freaking like calls her out on her bullshit. And yeah. she goes like, he's like, no, I knew you have you haven't been my sober companion for a very long time because I found out the other week when I called my father and your contract was not renewed and you've been staying because you thought I needed it. And then I tried to act like I didn't need it and you still stayed. And uh, that kind of told me that you were staying for yourself. And like, you know, I just want to say like both times I watched this episode, this scene made me cry because it was like, they're finally like having like their out moment and it was really sweet. Mm-hmm. And like her recognizing what she wanted and him like being so vulnerable and saying like, this is what I need from you. So I'm going to offer you this work with me, work for me. I'll pay you what my father was paying you, which apparently was pretty good salary from what uh, yes, we, well. we learned in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can now keep training you and teaching you and you can work with me and like like this is a big deal like and he was like i release you from any uh um confidentiality in regards to my drug use because this is something you should talk to about people and if you want to talk to about people like in order to make this decision i want you to be honest about what you were to me not just uh like my friend or my my valet or whatever i would call you in situations like this is like one of the most open honest moments they've had it looks on his face like he is about to cry himself it was like very sweet and this Mm -hmm. is a very cathartic like conversation they had and like and then also he's like by the way this isn't me being like grateful to you for being there for me like i'm better when you're here i'm sharper i'm more focused now it's starting to sound like wedding vows yeah it it really (laughs) does like it's like a weird like emotional moment it's like it, it, it would if like if the language were a little bit different it would be like a profession of love 
and it's not because that's just now he sees her but it's yeah it's great that like he's like freaking like lays it out there for her and then finally he puts it on puts jack and he's like and then just all right think about it yeah and then she just the whole time she's just like what she's almost frozen yeah Yeah, she doesn't know because she's been called out and she doesn't know how to respond because she's finally got to confront like i am here because i want to do this i'm not here because of him i'm here because of me yeah i i love this scene i think it it feels very cathartic in a way because it has been building 16 how many episodes has it been i mean really like well but how long has she been keeping the secret at least probably like four or five i think so i mean like it, we're, that tension has been building and then when he busts her on it is like so satisfying yeah. and then this whole exchange I just love it and I think I my favorite part is when he says he hasn't figured out why she makes him better maybe, maybe he'll I'll solve that, that too, yeah. I'll solve that too because he can solve yeah. anything he's Sherlock <laughs> fucking Holmes but also that's because like for us watching it's like dude it's because you're friends yeah but that's not obvious to him you know like she like you're that's what friends do is like they make you comfortable they make you better like it elevates you that's what a good friendship does but i don't know that you know sherlock has ever had this before so it's a mystery to him yeah well, that's, yeah, he is, he's good at solving those, but not necessarily good at seeing them sometimes. Mm-hmm. But that's, again, that's part of being on the spectrum, is, is friendship is just a mystery to be solved. <laughs> right. Relationships. <laughs> yeah. So let me cut away from the awesome scene, like, and then to uh, uh, Belle knocking on Andre's door and no answer. And he goes in there and Andre's like laying in the floor, like in a puddle of blood. And he like, oh no, and freaks out and like calls the, he needs a bus. A bus, yeah. always a bus. Yep, that's it. I, need, I, need a I bus. knew as like, soon as he detective. picked out his phone, he's gonna call for a bus. Gonna call for a bus. Yeah. <laughs> need a detective, this is my badge number. I need a bus at some blah, blah. Like, I, I don't know why it felt he needed to say like, by the way, this person is my brother. No, no, he goes, like, be, advised. be advised, the victim is my brother. <laughs> Are they gonna I didn't really faster? understand why he felt that need to throw that in there. Is he gonna, like is the he paramedics need to know. Privilege. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, or maybe he was trying to make it clear, like this wasn't like a officer involved shooting. Yeah, this yeah, was more like important than that. Both. He wanted to yeah. clarify this wasn't an officer, but also, yeah, he was like, th- like this is like this is a real deal. This is family for a police officer. Come and do it. Coming back to like the, now, the now the brotherhoods are uniting. Oh yeah, that's yes. right. Using this, but, use it, using one brotherhood in order to save another. And the, and speaking of brothers saving each other, what do we see on the floor? Was not Marcus written in blood? Which the most okay? Um, <laughs> yeah, about that. <laughs> I've never been shot, but I've been in pain, and finger painting is not high on my agenda. <laughs> True, but if you're like thinking you're gonna die, and the last thing you want your do is your little brother to get implicated in your death, you might be like, "I'm gonna pull out the stops and like maybe do a little bit of a doodle." 
And I'm sure it was probably not easy, but it's definitely easier than fighting aliens. But would anyone have even thought <laughs> after it was his brother? I didn't. I that's the thing. Why would they even have? I mean, other because they thought that Marcus had killed the other guy. Yeah. yeah, I think they were like he was already he already knew that someone was trying to like frame him for something. They were building a case against him, even though they'd had it out like in the station. He was like because he, he's like so he already said like someone's trying to frame me for the murder of this stupid like kingpin, and he's like I don't want them to think this was him. So I think he's just pulling out the stops and like that to making that little extra moment to like okay, lock that down. But that was a lot. It was a it rather was, and it was comic book looking clue. It was very like the <laughs> the the letters were like perfect block letters in the blood, and I was like, not only yeah. is he a really dedicated brother, but he has excellent penmanship. Yeah, in blood, in his own <laughs> blood. I mean, that's yeah. a, that's asking a lot. Have you ever tried a, to finger paint with blood? It's oh yeah. Not a well, no, <laughs> that's like my preferred medium. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we all have our thing. Everyone, everyone has a skill. Yeah. So we cut to Sherlock uh, studying the blood message, and where he's saying, you know, they had been all over Bell's apartment and never saw any indication that he had a brother. Um, he's admiring that Andre, what Andre did to make sure Bell didn't take the fall for it, and. And then Watson says, how do you know it was the same shooter? And Sherlock says, well, obviously Andre knew because he knew what was going on. Um, and then from the window, Sherlock looks out and sees a boot print like several yards away. Watson's like, how do you even see that? Uh, but it's I'm fucking another... Sherlock Holmes. What do you not get about it? <laughs> like, why are you yeah. still asking these questions? <laughs> How long have you known me? Um, 16 weeks. It, <laughs> but it's another Pergati boot print. And they're like, Watson says she thinks it's time that Gregson knew about the frame up. So he's like, well, I've got to talk to Bell before I go to Gregson. So they go to the hospital where Bell's been waiting on uh, Andre in surgery. And he Bell says, "You know what? I'll tell Gregson. It'll be he'll take it better coming from me." And this whole scene, I kept saying, "Can we get Bell another shirt?" Yeah, <laughs> like, he is covered <laughs> in a lot of blood. Yeah. So much blood. Which I'm like, to my favorite outfit of the show. <laughs> Don't tell us. Don't tell us. Save it. <laughs> it is gruesome. Uh, and he has an undershirt on. I'm like, dude, just take the button down <laughs> off. Wear oh, the undershirt. Oh, you just want him to go shirtless. Well, that's going to be, you just want, yeah, Allison, more tank top. Oh, bloody tank top bell. I mean, Wish it's I had a, that action figure at home. <laughs> it's a win-win. I don't see a problem here. So, <laughs> anyway. Um, did you guys think that Gregson really believed the, the, the hunch thing or was he just going along with it like okay i don't need to know everything probably that he's just like eh, all right this is a little convenient but even for sherlock yeah, but okay. i don't think gregson knows sherlock as well as he should because all of us are like oh a hunch you found something got it okay <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean gregson has said in a previous episode 
which I'm not going to spoil for you, Amanda, in case you want to go back and watch them, but it's like something very bad happened, and Gregson was like, I'm not going to trust you again. Um, but it kind of seems like he does. It's old habit. Yeah. He trusts, he trusts the results, and he gets results. Sure. He might question Sherlock at times, but he trusts that he gets results. And so mm-hmm. he's like, as long as we keep closing these cases and like keeping the, the close count up, then okay, let's just, I'm just going to roll with it. Yeah. So Watson tries to comfort Belle because he's obviously really worried. Um, and she tells him that he saved Andre's life. And then Belle kind of gives us some background that he never forgave Andre because while Andre was in prison, he would never rat uh, in exchange for a shorter sentence. So he missed all of this time with Belle, with their mother. And then Belle went out of his way, cashed in a favor to get um, the special opportunity for Andre to get out early. And all he had to do was like rat on a guy that they already had. He was already in prison. It wasn't even like a big deal, but he wouldn't do it because he has that code. And um, shout out to The Wire. A man's got to have a code. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So. But again, just underlining that Andre's a good guy. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, he's an ex-criminal, but he's a good man. Yeah, for sure. Like, he's got integrity. And, like, we may not agree with it, but it is, he has some No, integrity, you just said it. Yeah, yeah. And this is also a TV code thing. Like, this means, yes, we know we've told you he's a criminal, but he'll never be bad again. Yeah. He's a good criminal. Oh, he's one of the good guys, yeah. (laughs) Um, So then Watson has this moment of like she she just really zeroes in on bell and and says like you're the one who informed on the evidence planting on bradshaw she just like cuts through all of it i'm sure sherlock was really proud in this moment yeah she, um, she definitely sherlocked that moment <laughs> she yeah. sherlocked it and uh so she it's like explaining like no you are the, you don't stand for anything to be out of place. Your apartment is, is immaculate. You would not have tolerated like someone breaking the law and planning evidence. Um, and so then that's the favor that you cashed in for your brother. So then Sherlock gets all frustrated because like, why did bell, like, why didn't you tell us this? We've been looking at the wrong suspects. So now anybody who was involved in that evidence planting could now be a suspect for the murder of Bradshaw and for Bell's attempted murder. So Bell's like, but no one knew. It's like, well, maybe they found out. So cut to Gregson's office. Reyes comes in. And I'm guessing this was the moment where you two were like, yes, I knew it. Finally. I was still waiting. I was still waiting for one more level of like, because here's the thing. I thought it was going to be her partner who was framing him mm. because she definitely seemed to have like a legitimate like, like, oh, 
you're okay. I heard about, you know, whole shit. Like I bought it. I bought it. So when um, Sherlock pointed out that her partner also wanted to have sex with her, I was thinking like he was pulling the whole, like once more removed, like he was framing bell so that, you know, she would, you know, maybe she was still hung up on him. So she, he was trying to discredit him so that she would be like, all right, I'll give this guy a crack. So I, I overthought a little bit, you know, Mm. I actually, yeah. when when the boot kept coming up, I remember thinking, just because it's a man's boot doesn't mean a man is wearing it. What a perfect way to throw them off. That's true. But I also feel that unless she has size 10 feet, it would have been noticed that maybe her footprints were a little more center weighted versus mm. like spread out like someone who wore a size 10 would wear. Yeah. That's that... something that Sherlock would notice if the plot called for him to notice. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, he wasn't noticing the fact that like smaller feet were in these boots, unless she got some big old honkers. Maybe she got some big old feet. I mean, That's, maybe she boxes. What would Who that knows? be? Like a size thirteen? Are they three? Are men's and women's sizes three sizes apart? I can't remember. Something I don't know, but it, he would have noticed it. Like, oh, the weight is in the back and in the middle. Versus, so it shows that <laughs> well, the, someone with a much smaller feet was wearing these boots. The one near his apartment was a partial. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. Because I'm sure someone in the writer's room said, well, if her feet were smaller, somebody would have known. He would have noticed. <laughs> somebody, yeah. Would like, like this much of it. It wasn't a whole, like the front toe. So maybe, just maybe. And she's yeah. pleased. Maybe she thought to lean on that part so it wouldn't. Mm. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. I, I just, I, I was expecting it to be, maybe I'm just very suspicious of, of, of like straight white dudes. But I was well, just assuming legit. it was going to be her yeah. partner. <laughs> <laughs> I just assume the worst. So. Not that women aren't capable of murder, even though they have weak arms. But. Um, <laughs> Good callback. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you have an MP5, you don't need strong arms. That's true. I've shot an MP9 and it, I didn't have to be that strong for that. So. Whoa, really? Just once. Well, I mean, one time. <laughs> just take care of business. It was, You know what? I it was went a drive-by, range it? in Wisconsin because they don't check anything. They just let you walk up and rent the gun and shoot in the range. And uh, yeah, you just have to bring someone with gun experience. I had a buddy in the military. We went up. I had a great time. And I learned how to <laughs> sort of shoot an MP9. So just, so, you know, again, just for the feel of it so I could appreciate it in these shows. Yeah. Whew. Ooh, yeah, that's cool. Did you shoot? You, you got to hold your arms straight, and it's got like that, but it's not like you have to be muscles or anything. Not like it. So is it um, in the, you know, in the first scene where the car pulls up alongside, it kind of comes out like an automatic. Is this we're talking like oh, an automatic type? I meant to call bullshit on that because these are like, oh yeah, on three round bursts. I'm like that fuck gun was not firing three round bursts when it was coming out of that window. It was just, it's just full spray and yeah, pray. it felt. Yeah. There was not like a pop, 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 pop. Well, that's you where know, the, that's a semi-automatic. The people and the script supervisors don't communicate. Yeah. Like, we want this to look cool. So we're going to just going to like have bullets everywhere. But like later on, it sounds better if it was like in three round bursts because it's more precise. Which it was. It's like, that's definitely not what they were shooting. Yeah. As. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So. Hmm. I lost my Oh, right. Okay. So we're sitting with Reyes. First, she comes in. She doesn't really know what's going on. And then Gregson lays it all out, accuses her of being the one behind all this. And and Sherlock does his typical, we're ending the episode. I'm going to talk you through the crime. And the big reveal. The big reveal. Yeah. The salon turns, scene. 
Yeah. They, the guy that Bell ratted out who went to prison for planting the evidence was Ray's mentor. And then also she hates IAB like every cop in this show. The Rat Squad. And um, she's turns out they're the reason that she, or at least she thinks, I don't know if this is justified, but she thinks they're the reason she didn't get promoted to vice because of her association with this guy. Let's do, but it's obviously because she's a woman. Yeah. (laughs) With weak arms. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I would think that being a woman would mean they're like, okay, you get to come go undercover as a, a sex worker. That's um, true. And she would have been in vice immediately. That, as a yeah. That, officer. Yeah. As a hospital female officer. Who, that's who, what would have happened on SVU. Who boxes. Yeah. Foxy boxing. Foxy boxer. Cop. <laughs> definitely undercover. Yeah. I'm sorry. You see. So... They're saying, you know, you must have been heartbroken when you found out it was Belle who ratted them out. Uh, and then Watson comes in with the shoelace eyelets that they found. And it's funny. I didn't. I was just typing Bugatti because I thought that was the boots they were talking about. I don't think that Belle can afford no. Bugatti boots. No, unless they, they, they're very expensive Heelys. <laughs> um, but apparently uh, Reyes tried to burn these boots and uh didn't think about the metal eyelets would be left behind yeah about so, that i'm pretty sure those are standard i don't think you can think trace so? eyelets to a specific boot i don't know i don't think i have any lace-up boots so i don't know if they're like Generic, or if they would be, they might be branded with, like, or, you know, like etched. But with they've the brand been name. burned, so you wouldn't even see that anymore. Yeah, maybe. I don't or know. Maybe don't they, you... maybe they were just O rings he found somewhere, and he just used it to like. That's like, true. Oh, Could have been false me. evidence that they just, you know. Well, yeah, he, like he is. He's a consultant. He doesn't have to be completely honest in, uh, in interrogation. So he, they could have just been like, "We're just going to fake her out." Yeah, get her to says. confess. Yeah. Yeah. Like when they're in an interrogation room and like, yeah, your buddy just told us everything. Even though he didn't say anything, they're just like using that as a lever to kind of like get the other guy to open up. Yeah. I don't think that has, I don't think that's limited to consultants. So I think police lie all the time. So yeah, but regardless it works, we don't know, you know, if the eyelets were real or not, but she kind of monologues a little bit about, the um she's like of course bell isn't here he doesn't do his own dirty work um and she's pretty resentful of him for i mean obviously she tried to kill him so yeah it's clear she's resentful um and then we cut to andre and bell are watching her get they're watching her on tv getting perp walked um and they <laughs> they have a funny brother moment where Andre's like the worst thing I, my ex ever did was cut the spokes of my bike in seventh grade. Um, <clears throat> and then Belle apologizes for thinking that Andre would have ever uh, tried to frame him or try to hurt him. And they have this really interesting moment where he's like, you didn't, you couldn't have known that it wasn't me because you were shot in the back. And there's no way you could have seen who did it, but you still 
wrote it in the blood that it wasn't me. And, you know, Andre's like, of course, we're brothers. You wouldn't do that to me. So Because no brother has ever shot another brother. <laughs> we're bludgeoning him to death with a rock. Yeah, I mean, this is not Cain and Abel, but they they have the brotherly bond. It exists. They're starting to build it back now. Um, And then we cut to Sherlock putting his locks back in order. In a different order. In a different order this time. And Watson comes in and accepts his offer to be partners. And then she hits him in the face with the basketball. <laughs> which is a, which is brilliant. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it just points out that, you know, no amount of self-defense ability can, uh, <laughs> can, can withstand a sneak attack like that. Exactly. What are you going to do, one stick your way out of that one, Sherlock? Yeah. That's why... Yeah, it, you it, can't it, single stick this one. Single stick. That, okay, to get political here for a minute, that's why I hate it when people go, oh, I, you know, good guy with a gun, could have stopped, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah. if you're ambushed in a, I don't know, say a movie theater or a mall, you're not ready to shoot back. What, are you going to whip out your gun, you know, Old West style and just fire immediately at the right direction? It just yeah. it doesn't work that way. So yeah, if somebody comes at you without warning with a basketball to the face, which that could have broken a nose. That's dangerous. I but, know, I know, God. And he has, he does have a bloody nose at the end. Well, thank God, you know. But he he laughs about it though, so you know. Ha it's ha funny. ha! You broke my septum. Oh, you deviated my septum. <laughs> You're such a kidder. Uh, I will say I. Think, I if it had just been the tennis ball, I would have been like, whoa, Watson, overkill. But the fact that he came at her with a mask and a tripwire, that, okay, we're even. <laughs> don't sneak up on a woman in a house with a mask. Well, that, which is another layer of this. It's like, I don't care what you're trying to convince her of. You just don't do that to a woman. No, never. Really to anybody, yeah. but especially to a woman. Yeah, not funny. Not That's funny. not a funny joke. Don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Listeners, guys, if you're out there, not fun. Don't do yeah. it. Yeah, find another way to prank your girlfriends. Or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, do we want to do our faves? Yeah. All right. You want to go first, wanna... Allison? Okay, I'll go first. I, I'll be honest. There wasn't a lot of standouts for me of any of our favorite categories in this episode. So, uh, I ended up for the outfit... I picked the one she wears in the interrogation room uh, at the end. It's like a black and blue and white cardigan. Very yeah. professional looking. And um, I think... It was like her third act outfit. It was like... Yes. Yeah. There were there was a lot of t-shirts, a lot of very casual stuff in the beginning. And I think they wrapped it up kind of showing with the wardrobe. Like, okay, Watson's in on the team now. Like, yeah. so she's dressed accordingly. What's your outfit, Amanda? Okay, well, let me just preface this by saying not a big outfits person. I don't really know. The only thing I remember about, for example, Sherlock was that he had a weird way of wearing his scarves Mm. that that I then saw on everybody, which was the two ends with a loop. And I'm like, okay, that now is a thing. Um, But yeah, my favorite outfit was the big bloody shirt because it's like, how long have you been there? Also, dude, you're a cop. You go to the gym. You have a t-shirt in the car. Yeah. Or and, yeah, if you went straight to the hospital, 
Go to the gift shop. Buy a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, why was he wearing a t-shirt? <laughs> get, get, maybe there's like some nurse scrubs around. Throw yeah, those on. Who cares if they have ducks on them, dude? Just yeah. don't be covered in blood. Yeah, but it, I mean, keeping him covered in blood is part of the story. I get that. It's a visual thing, but mm-hmm. it's like, bleh, enough. There's a yeah. lot of blood. He's <laughs> it looks like he just. Blood. It looks like he's yeah. walking around after a C-section. <laughs> it almost looks like he gave birth to an alien. Yeah. <laughs> From his, very you, de- from his deep V-neck shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, my favorite outfit we didn't see. It was Belle's mystery summer weight suit. <laughs> oh. I want to see that thing. It sounds great. The gray yeah. one. You would you would always pair with brown Brigatti's. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he looked very spiffy. Very dashing. And Allison's like, well, I want to see that suit too now. <laughs> uh, okay. So my word was rat squad because I didn't. I don't love that word, but it is a classic. It's like what you were saying, Amanda. It, it pops up in basically every procedural I've ever seen. Anytime a cop gets investigated for something, they hurl I know that rat. insult. <laughs> yeah. I know rat. Yeah. It's interesting that that cops and crooks, like historically and in media, use the exact same word to describe like turning over on their friends. Yeah. Like y'all ain't that different. Just saying, y'all ain't that That's different. That's the point. It's like, yeah. who's the real criminal? Who's yeah. the true danger to society? <laughs> George, what was your word? Uh, another. Uh, this is like sort of like the the episode of intangibles for me because while they didn't actually say this, when he said British globetrotter, and I thought he said britches, I laughed a lot <laughs> harder. And so I want the word that he said to have been britches. <laughs> Fair enough. So I just love that he used what sounded to me like the word britches, which I just think is a great word. Yeah. What was Amanda, your word, did Amanda? you have a word? Oh, my word was hunch. Oh, hunch, hunch is like such a great, I mean, it's a great detective word and it's a great Sherlock word. And it just, I mean, to use it as an excuse um, you know, and it, it is detectively speaking, the weakest word. You can't, you can't go to the courtroom with a hunch. Right. But it does in fact turn out to be like the crucial evidence, which is the gun that he found in the water closet. Yeah, no, I hunch. don't think, I don't think on this series, Sherlock really ever uses hunch. Because why I like anything. it here, it's kind of used yeah. as an excuse. Yeah, as a, it's a, it's a which, lie. Yeah. It's so the only time he would ever... Yeah, the one time he says it's a hunch, it's a lie. He doesn't have Because he knows it's a weak word. Yeah. He's, he, it's like when he said... Um, on a previous episode, I think he called... He said guessing is... I can't even remember what... Basically, like, I, I don't guess. It's a... I deduce. Yeah. Yes. And a hunch is not that far off from a guess. <laughs> well, a hunch sounds more like an educated guess. Or like a, it's like an intuition like a feeling. or something. It's a gut a feeling. feeling you have. Yeah. 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 Um, for my quote, I picked nothing makes a smart man stupid like a thirst for vengeance. Oh, boy. Or is that yours, Amanda? No, no. Oh, you're just thinking about it. It's like, man, of all the times I've thirsted for vengeance. <laughs> well, it's, to me, it's the combination of the um, of the aphorisms. Oh. Stupid, stupid and thirsty? 
Well, no, the idea that, you know, no, it's to start out with nothing makes a smart and a man stupid. Like that should be the aphorism part. And then the ending should be some kind of revelation. But then yeah. the revelation is thirst for vengeance, which is yet another kind of aphorism. It's just not an aphorism, but an expression. I don't know. I thought it should have been. I thought it could have been stronger. I thought the writers mm. could have taken five minutes there. and <laughs> Maybe like maybe like workshopped a little bit. Workshop like maybe a, bit, a few other you know, things. Maybe not. I don't know. Well, it's but also, was... it's really, it's loaded because Sherlock has done something extremely stupid in a previous episode in the name of vengeance. So like, for him um, like in the pilot <laughs> <laughs> oh well it okay i guess he's done it multiple times yeah <laughs> but there's uh there's a lot behind it that he's alluding to well maybe he's talking about himself he he himself yeah. becomes stupid in the in the uh quest for vengeance 100 <laughs> percent. george what was your quote uh my quote was uh you think you're foxy <laughs> just because it was like such a weird like throwaway like like neg line but also it's freaking aggressively obvious that she is in fact very much so yeah like he of the like uh master of deduction and observation is gonna be like categorically on every fundamental level <laughs> this character is an attractive human being literally there are the only reason her <laughs> yeah the only reason I'm saying this is to be a dick. Like, there's no person on this entire planet who thinks, eh, let's see, Lou, whatever. Yeah. Eh. So, yeah, it was just like that That level of absurdity appealed to me. Like, like how, like, of course she is, yeah. you idiot. And, and see, now, this is one of the things I love about Doctor Who, is that the Doctor is basically never, like, a character experiences attraction. Almost yeah. never, mm. um, and it's a it's a through line, and uh, you know it's 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 a big thing, um, and that's one of the things I love about Sherlock. He's very much well. I should say it the other way. The Doctor is very much like Sherlock in that he's just this incredible worldly genius or otherworldly genius, um, but romance escapes him somehow and is you know foreign to him. So, it was actually, yeah. I think is one of the things that like, I'm not, I honestly, I don't want to turn this into a Doctor Who podcast, but they're like, <laughs> actually, I was talking, <laughs> I was talking about this last night with uh, someone at a bar about, um, about, we just found out we both like Doctor Who a lot and we kind of dug into it. And I was like, that was one of the things I felt I didn't like about the Capaldi era because he was so unfathomably like negative on Clara's appearance. And he may would make jokes about her like constantly about like, oh, you're oh, he, oh, he's attracted to you, you know, and that sort of stuff. And it was like it was like anti like normally they just don't see yeah. like gender or attraction. But he like may went out of his way to like like knock her down. Well, like, he kind of like, had to regularly. because she was like super cute. She was. She's like my favorite from that perspective. Oh, see, but, I hate yeah. her for many reasons. Oh, I, love <laughs> I love her. Not just because she was cute, because I just thought she was like didn't take his shit, and that's well, why she didn't so take his shit. She was too cute, and um, I mean, the Doctor's always gone. Let's not get into a Doctor Who podcast. Yeah, I told you we're gonna turn into another, Doctor Who podcast. Another time, podcast. another time, another podcast. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, who? Wait, so, what do we have left? Uh, oh, my favorite line, to... which I oh, your favorite oh, yeah, line. yeah, yeah, which is, uh, yeah, he'd like to have sex with her as well. I mean, in addition to and separate from <laughs> not including as a third party. Yeah. 
explanations. <laughs> like we know what it means to have sex with her too. Yes, and sex with her as well. Thank you. That's a general general meaning. General meaning was taken, Sherlock. Yes, we got. We got. Like a, it sounds like a lawyer wrote it, like <laughs> in a contract. Probably some lawyers were writing on that show. Allegedly, <laughs> wants to have sex with you. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I like I like the line because it's funny, and also the idea that he has to explain himself because he doesn't. In addition to not being able to receive social cues, does not know when social cues have been received. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I'm just going to keep throwing words out until somebody says, okay, we got okay, it. Yeah, we got you. Once I get that acknowledgement, then we can move on. Yeah. That was that was my line. Nice. Well, Amanda, do you want to tell everyone where they can find you online? Uh, yeah, basically, uh, I can be found at my website, amandacomedy.com. And, uh, I'm on the socials as at amandacohen27. And, uh, no, that is not my age, but thank you. <laughs> so, that, so that's Twitter and Instagram? Twitter and Insta is at amandacohen27. And I'm on the Facebook, but there's a lot of Amanda Cohens out there. So good luck with that. Yeah, yeah. have fun. Yeah, I bet. And um, so you're touring. I'm not Do you have touring? I'm just driving a lot. Oh well, I mean, <laughs> is there? That sounds like a tour to me. Um, what cities are you going to be up in in the upcoming month? Uh, well, let's see. I have to actually bring up a calendar. Mostly, I'm in LA for a while. Uh, I okay. mean, right now I'm in Massachusetts, but by the time this airs, I will be uh, I will be back. So I'm bringing up a calendar because I'm not prepared. <laughs> uh, well, I'm at Flappers every Sunday, pretty much. Um, not this coming Sunday, of course, and not the one after that. But, uh, but every other Sunday. I'm sorry? But every other Most Sunday, Sundays, just not the next yeah. two. Um, I actually have a couple of Zoom so shows coming up. not going to get into that. But um, Okay, cool. In uh, September, the first week of September, I'm actually going to be in North Carolina for the North Carolina Comedy Festival. Oh, that's where we're from. No hey. kidding. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's where I'll be. And uh, then let's see a couple weeks after that. Uh, oh, I'm doing Roast Battle at the Comedy Store in September. Doing the Keynote uh, Lounge in Ventura in September. And something else in Ventura that I forget where it is. In September. <laughs> Yeah, we'll uh, when we get ready to push this, we'll um, we'll, we'll look at your website yeah, and get some dates and there. some stuff out there for you. Yeah, it's all there. Yeah, and send us. Uh, you can send me links to your Zoom shows, and I'll put them out on our social media. I'm too. honestly not promoting my Zoom shows right now because uh oh, I want them to be over with. <laughs> okay, shh, we won't tell anybody. <laughs> I mean, I made such a freaking career of Zoom shows during the pandemic. I'm like, I'm over it. You know, I really want uh, human shows. Yeah. But that said, I'm still a Zoom producer. So here we are. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. We do what we have to. We do. So you guys can uh, email us at elementarypod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at elementarypod, on Twitter at elementarydears. And you can come find us in the Facebook group, The Brownstone Ideas. Uh, we want to thank Jim Boggs for our music remix. And thank you, Amanda, for joining us today. And 
best of luck on your travels. Thank you, Allison and George, for having me and for introducing me to a whole nother Sherlock I didn't even know existed. There you go. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Uh, we love converting people. I might have to watch the rest of it. You know, as soon as <laughs> I finish saying. every other show ever, because, you know. So uh, thanks for being on the show, Amanda. And <laughs> as always, we like to close the show with The Game is Afoot. The game is afoot. The game is afoot. <laughs> okay. For brief stretch in London, I talked only to a phrenology bus I kept in my study. I named him Angus. Wasn't the same. Oh, God. Yeah. It's like 90 to 100 has been for a while now Dang. it's cooled off a little this weekend because it's supposed to be raining although it hasn't really rained sorry what my app is just telling me about the weather did it say those two clouds are totally about to bang yeah it said that <laughs> <laughs> what app is that carrot weather you can huh. set like the little voice thing to um you could there's like a slider for how sassy and, and provocative it can be. <laughs> and uh, I have it all the way, all the way up. Oh, so boy. yeah, she uh, she definitely brightens my day every now and then, with, <laughs> especially during the election cycle. Man, pulls no punches.